Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hey there, this is Sexology Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to talk about erotic templates and how identifying your sexual blueprint will improve your sex life. Before we'll get there, I wanted to share with you an exciting news. Some of you might have known that I have uh, some background in sex therapy. I help clients with sexual challenges in my private practice. But recently, I decided to go through the certification program for ASAC for a group of you that you guys are now familiar with ASAC. It's an organization that gives certification for sex educators and a therapist. And it's always good to be a part of the organizations. But as part of this process, I need to continue working with individuals who are struggling with various sexual challenges at the time of certification in my private practice. Again, I work with a number of presenting problems, but the trick is I need to do it while I'm going through this certification program. So um, I, I wanted to give you guys a special offer. Until end of the September, I'm accepting new clients for sex therapy in my office, or we can do it online if you're living in another country or another parts of California. And I'm offering it with a reduced fee, which is like half of my fee. A, I want to make sure that I'm seeing all these individuals with different presenting problems and also to meet the certification. So if you would like to schedule an appointment, you can contact my assistant. The number is 833-376-6254. 
Again, the number is 833-376-6254. And please mention that you heard about this offer on the podcast. I also shared with her that I'm going to announce that so she would know that she will give you the reduced fee. And again, it would be my honor to partner with you in your journey of recovery and healing, or also if you want to explore different things around your sexuality, because I feel sexuality is a big part of who we are. And it's not something we're just going to go see someone if things are not working. If things are working, but you want to make things great and better, that also would be another time for you to explore sex therapy. Anyhow, today we're going to talk about arousal template. I got inspired to do this episode because of the, my recent work with one of my clients. She is this young, vibrant, professional woman that she, ever since she was a child, she enjoyed spanking. Not a child, but like it's from teenager, she enjoyed spanking as part of her arousal template. And she shared with me that as long as she remembered, it was part of what she what turned her on. And now she was married for a year. And she mentioned that that wasn't something that she talked about it with her husband because of the shame and guilt that she has about her the sexual behaviors and what does it say about her. But she was telling me that it was so challenging for her to A, communicate that with her husband. And also she said, I don't enjoy sex. And my husband, poor thing, he tries everything and he doesn't know what's going on. And she wanted to change it. When people coming in for therapy, I feel like, big part of what's going on with them is about the shame around the behavior. Yes, we can explore how we can change things, but what's important is that it's like exploring it. It worked for you and there is nothing wrong with your preference. So based on my belief that whatever you do that turns you on, unless it's consensual, so it's not taking advantage of other person or you're not manipulating them, or you're not having sex with children or minors, everything else I think is a fair game. And I hate it when people like society try to put individuals in this specific box. Sex is this narrow thing that needs to be enjoyed in certain way. And when I talk to our client, my clients, I'm going to explore it and validate that absolutely it's your desires, your fantasies are your desires. And you, you can enjoy them and there's nothing wrong with them. So, but she was really distressed. So we explored different things about the meaning of her sexual behaviors and what, why it is arousing for her. Because although we might not be aware of the reasons, there's always a why. There's more deeper psychological meanings. So anyhow, because of our work, she was able to feel comfortable with who she is and also share it with her partner. And also she learned more about her uh, sexual blueprints and other things about that specific things that she liked that was arousing. So it was very interesting experience. And overall, when I uh, ask my clients about what turns them on? I often hear that they say 
they just, I have no idea. I get this like blank stares. They say, I know when I'm getting aroused, but I'm not sure. So I get this super vague response. My expectation is not necessarily you would know everything that turns you on, but it is important to have a good understanding and awareness around your arousal template. That's why I wanted to talk about it today. And the other things that I often see is that my clients telling me that they're frustrated with their sex life, with their partner. They're coming in and they say like, I'm not enjoying it, but they're not sure about what is their arousal template. What is it that really turns them on? And somehow they have this belief that their partner needs to know. So this this episode is about helping you to navigate what turns you on, what might be the different elements associated to that. If you're still not convinced, if you're thinking, why do I have to care? I know when I get aroused. I want to share with you that sexuality is a big part of who you are and exploring it can increase your self-awareness. You can learn about aspects of your personality that you didn't know. Also, it can be very empowering knowing that what part of sexuality is more attractive to you. But the key is to be compassionate and also curious about it. We live in this sex-negative society and ever since childhood, at least I can speak about my experience, that the religion, the society had this very negative attitude towards sexuality and the guilt and shame of being a sexual being was overbearing. So it is important and empowering to kind of own it as part of your personality and who you are. And also it's interesting, at least for me to, when I was exploring why I prefer enacting certain scenario in bed, certain positions, some seduction, the emotions, the role playing. And I bet that it's similar for many of you guys. It's very detailed and it's highly symbolic because it's connected to your the psychological forces that hold you hold you back your desire. So they play an important role in helping you to feel aroused and safe. We're going to explore about that topic in a few minutes. But I wanted to start with saying, what is erotic map? Or some people call it love map. It's a complex blueprint of what turns you on. It's a combination of thoughts, images, behaviors, sounds, smells, sights, fantasies, and objects that arouse us sexually. Most people can think about it more about images, not necessarily about the emotions and other things associated with their arousal template. So it is very particular. For example, I know many people want to get kissed certain way they want to have sex in certain position and it's not like random that those those things are in place also how much you want to have sex your your libido what kind of a, a sexual partner turns you on there are when it comes to female sexuality there are so many misconceptions i know that a nancy friday book was kind of revolutionary about talking about not necessarily all women want sex 
in a monogamous romantic relationship and just a matter of kind of accepting what you are turned on by and what are you attracted to. And emotions also is a big part of the sexual blueprint. So it can be positive emotions, but also negative emotions are, can be part of the template, feeling like shame, anxiety. Many of my clients, they got to have that as part of their sexual behaviors and fantasy in order to turn, uh, turn them on, on. And it's important to think about that sexualizing emotions is not inherently pathological. I know that with sex addiction, some people associate that with the feeling of shame, which is absolutely different than what I'm talking about. If it's not hurting you or your partner, go for it. That's, some, that's part of who you are. One of my supervisor, he always used to tell me that people's arousal template is like a fingerprint. Not two people are the same. And also having certain kind of finger, <laughs> fingerprint doesn't make you a better person. It's just different. And I would love it if you can think about sexuality in the same way. It's not about necessarily what we do is good and right and everyone else is doing is wrong. It's just different expression. I was a few months ago, I was uh, talking in this TV show, it was a satellite psychology talk show with a co-host. I didn't know the person as much. They invited me. I came in, we were getting this calls from the audience. And one of the calls, the guy called it and when I talk in Iranian community, one of the challenges people have is that their nervousness around homosexuality, their nervousness about whether it's a disease. And obviously, time after time, I talk about how it is a preference and it's not necessarily something that you need to fix. And I, I, I can refer to Iranian culture. It's not, we're not the only culture that's, we have this negative, unfortunately, attitude Anyhow, the caller called and I was talking about sexual compulsivity out of uh, control sexual behaviors. The caller called in and asked about the sexual, like homosexuality. And I was talking about how, like talking about Kinsey and how we all have, we are in different parts as far as attraction to the opposite partner and toward the same partner. And I was going on and on, normalizing, informing. After I finished the call, the host said, I was shocked. He said, you know, absolutely, there's nothing wrong with uh, homosexuality, but um, we all know heterosexuality is better. I was shocked and furious. And I was like, what's wrong with you? That like still even people in the mental health field think that way. So it was a little bit of tangent, but I wanted to say that no matter whatever is your sexual preference, it doesn't make you a better person. It's just what you like. So <laughs> it was a long way of elaborating on that. So the other part that I wanted to talk um, further is about the fantasies. Sexual fantasies are very rich. 
I was trained dynamically and we always, as someone who has dynamic lens on, I always explore individuals' um, fantasies because it tells me a lot about their uh, psychological desires and also what holds them back. What are some of the blocks that gets in their way of pleasure? So sexuality, one of the, my favorite books in this area is Arousal by Michael Bader, I think. I hope I say his name right. And he talks about how the purpose of sexual fantasy is giving us safety. So when we're feeling safe, we're able to experience desire. And when I first heard about this, I was thinking, what is he talking? What, What is he talking about? Many people, fantasies are wild and not necessarily, I can understand it in the, in the concept of safety, but he, when he talks about in the book, says that our mind goes to extend to explore safety in a way that like psychological safety and based on our family of origin, children are develop this change, this perspectives on things to in order to guarantee their safety for example if their parents are invalidating they were rejecting they didn't have the understand we didn't have the understanding of as a child that oh my that's their issue children usually internalize that and kind of turning it as i'm a bad person i've done wrong and that's how our sexual fantasies come in play. It gives us this feeling of a psychological safety because it helps us to negate the negative situations. So a big part of the sexual arousal template is developed in childhood. People are kind of comparing it to language acquisition for native speaker. So part of it is biological. We got this genetics and hormones and prenatal uh, environment. But big part of it also is our environment. The attitude of our parents about sexuality, how comfortable they were around nudity. I hear this horror stories of the parents who uh, who are doing toilet training to their children and they're very shaming around that. And I have adult clients who are coming into my office and they're telling me that this images that they had from the childhood that they felt shamed because of the issues around toilet training and they somehow made a meaning out of that situation as a child that my genital is dirty and I'm feeling shameful and guilt and not being able to enjoy sexuality. So again, it's a very complicated factors that plays into our sexuality and also development of our arousal template. So as an attempt to uncover your erotic template, I wanted to take a moment and answer some of the questions that might be helpful for you in this journey. These questions I adopted from Jack Morin's book on the same topic and the survey that he has on this topic. You can Google it. He has it on the end of his book. And also I put it on the show note, the survey Sexual Excitement Survey. So if you are if you're not driving, if you have a moment, I want you to set aside a place and kind of think about these questions and answer them and ideally write them. 
So think back over all your sexual encounters with other people. Allow your mind to focus on three specific encounters that were among the most arousing of your entire life. So we're choosing three encounters that you felt they were ideal, you were really aroused. So I want you to take a moment and go through each of these experiences. Try to describe each encounter in detail. How old were you when you had this encounter? What kind of a relationship did you have with this partner or partners in this encounters? It could be casual or anonymous, acquaintances, intimate relationship with a partner, primary relationship, multiple partners. There is no right answer. It is your sexual blueprints. And it's important for you to be honest about it. So how would you rate your level of fulfillment during this encounter? What were the most important emotions during these encounters? So there are clusters of emotions. First one is exuberance. So I want you to rate them from zero to 10. Zero being not important at all and 10, very important. So first category is exuberance. So which related to joy, celebration, surprise, freedom, euphoria, and pride. Second category is satisfaction. It includes contentment, happiness, relaxation, and security. Third category is closeness. Related emotions are love, tenderness, affection, connection, unity, openness, and appreciation. Next category is anxiety. Fear, vulnerability, weakness, worry, and nervousness. Last, actually the one before last, is guilt. Related emotions are remorse, naughtiness, dirtiness, and shame. And lastly, anger. Again, some other emotions in this category are hostility, contempt, hatred, resentment, and revenge. I want you to go through this list for all three encounters. I'm going to think about what are some of the shared experiences, emotions, factors, elements, and even objects in all three. Because for some people, some object, as we talked about a few weeks ago, has this mystical power. So we want to make sure that we're including that as part of this exercise as well. And then the next part of the exercise is your sexual fantasies. Sexual fantasies are mental images, daydreams, thoughts, and feelings that turn you on. For some people, it has this storyline like daydreaming, and for some other people, it's just an image. So think back, what age do you first remember having these sexual fantasies? How young you were? Considering all of your sexual fantasies that include others, proportion of important character beside yourself are of the same or opposite sex. Go through the emotions that we talked about in the exercise above and rate them as far as how important they were in your fantasies. Again, we have exuberance, satisfaction, 
closeness, anxiety, guilt, and anger. So it's very important to go through both part of exercise because sometimes we are more free with our fantasies and also it gives us further information about this blueprint of our arousal template. So go and go ahead and mark them. And explore and see what are some of the common themes. Is it similar to your sexual behaviors that you're already enacting or it is different? And again, having a fantasy is not necessarily means that you're going to act on it, but it can give us lots of information about the fact that it's your desires and your holding blocks. One of, if you want to explore the meaning of your sexual fantasies, the book I just mentioned is fascinating. It's called Arousal, The Secret Logic of Sexual Fantasy by Dr. Michael Bader, B-A-D-E-R. I put it on the show note. It talks about different scenario as far as like content of the fantasies, feelings associated with fantasies, and what are some of the meanings of them. So if you want to explore this, your fantasies, which I highly encourage it, further, you can just get this book and kind of have a more understanding of why, why certain elements are so attractive to you. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I wanted to keep it short. So uh, we're definitely going to hopefully explore some of these topics further in the future. I absolutely want to have someone for sexual fantasies. I contacted Dr. Bader. He said he no longer would like to speak around sexuality. Now he focus, his focus is more on politics, which is understandable. Anyhow, please let me know if you have any questions about the thing I talked about. I would love it if you want to work with me and go contact me. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.